When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. are listening to the urban sports scene we are part of amp media at amppyramedia.com i'm wole and i'm joined by will t and ray jeezy what is good fellas you yes is good hey listen <laughs> i'm so excited about this victory and i'm glad it is right before the christmas break because we get to bask in UMES's first big win over a big school uh, uh, i don't know if the A10 is a Power Five conference, but it is Temple's a Power it's, Five. It's, power it's, five it's, it's up there, but regardless, UMES is trending in these HBCU streets, and and, and on a national scale, they did something big. Shout out to Coach Crafton, a yeah, friend of the show. Uh-huh. He is turning that program around, changing the culture. I will hit the UMES uh, chant right now, but I'm not gonna do it though. It's you, too long. You, yeah, exactly. You, you. I will hit it. It's nah, too long. You're right. It's too long. It's too long. I'm not gonna do it. But <laughs> shout out to the University of Maryland Eastern Shore. You got it right, baby. Let's go. Yeah, it was it was good, Will T. Good, man. Everything is copacetic on this end. Um just looking forward to the holiday this Saturday. Looking forward to Christmas on Saturday on Sunday, excuse me. Yeah, man. You ain't see the UMS game, bro? You ain't seen what we did? <laughs> I know nah, Morgan State, we beat Temple, bro. Like I need you to be all for it. <laughs> I mean, congratulations. I mean, you know, I I don't know if I would consider Temple a a huge victory, but wow for you for a while so for, for Maryland Eastern Shore, that's a big one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, because that's I mean that's kind of like the the standard that you guys kind of you know set for yourselves. But oh. us, you know, we we power five, you know, the big time. That's what we get excited over those victories. Morgan beat Maryland a few years back. Got to show yeah. love to Morgan State. I'm, I'm all for it. Every HBCU is just my HBCU has not gotten the shine, and now we finally getting it. So, Will T, I got an umbrella, baby. You're not raining on my parade, homie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, anyway, yeah, Amp Fire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Commanders insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. You subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the urban sports scene. Happy belated birthday, by the way, to John Kime, part of Empire Media. Also, make sure to subscribe to the urban sports scene YouTube channel. And also, check us out on Podcast DC, that local app with hundreds of options and news and health right here in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on IG at Urban Sports Scene and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Check out our weekly NFL picks on the Football Garbage Time website. Just go to www.footballgarbagetime.com. 
It's part of the urban sports scene versus football garbage Will time. Will like the Rams. Challenge. Will like the Rams on that. Wait, 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 last. Will is like beyond last right now. And oh, he, I suck he too, won last man. season. I suck too. I suck too. Hey, Will. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's been a few weeks. I haven't filled out my picks. So yeah, I, I know. <laughs> right. I know that did um, you. Also, join our urban sports scene Facebook group. Search urban sports scene. Sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. All right, Will T. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. All right, here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington Commanders falling to the New York Giants and their upcoming game against the San Francisco 49ers. At 825, as part of our HBCU Corner segment, we'll recap the, the Celebration Bowl. North Carolina Central defeated Jackson State University in overtime, 41 to 34. We'll have HBCU legends Kyle T. Mosley on the line. Then finally, we'll talk about the NBA Christmas Day games. Just from the just from the excuse me, just from the above the rim podcast show, will join us to discuss the games. All right, but first, Will T. Oh, it's me. It's on me first. Yeah, oh, right. wow. It's on you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Sunday night, the Commanders <laughs> fell to the Giants at FedEx Field, twenty to twelve. The Commanders are now seventh to seventh seed in the NFC playoff race. What are your thoughts on the game, Wole? Uh, it was a it was a terrible game. I thought they weren't prepared for the bye. I mean, coming after the bye, I thought that uh, you know, a lot of folks are going to go into officiating, and it wasn't the best. But to me, like. After a bye, you played that team prior to the bye, and to come out with that performance, I think that's all on you. So, to me, it's a damning blow to the organization and team that was trying to gain momentum. Um, so, that's my opinion about that game, bro. Ray, what's your opinion? Ray? I've shared my thoughts, even though my <laughs> internet, of course, had issues during our post game <laughs> this past weekend, which annoyed me, but... I want to mess with the fans a bit. I have a little fun because I'm seeing so much on Twitter about the officiating, and it's ironic because a few weeks back in Philly, remember Will T, we were here, we had a spirited discussion about the officiating when Philly was on the wrong end of some calls, but now the Commanders fans are in arm, up in arms about, oh, Terry was lined up properly, that was a pass interference at the end of the game. Maybe it was, I'm not, I'm not denying that, but you had so many opportunities in the red zone, there was other penalties, including the Curtis Samuel play for the two-point conversion that I felt like was a, a good call. To blame this game on the refs, I think that Commanders fans need to stop. Every team in the NFL has experienced bad calls. It's just part of the game. Let's move forward. Execute. Scott Turner's offense needs to execute in the red zone. You got to be more disciplined. Taylor Heineke, he needs to use his legs. You need to use play action. There's a lot of issues that went wrong for the Commanders, not the officiating. I'm tired of hearing about it. What was your point? Uh, no, uh, a couple of things. Um, I like the use of kind of how they mixed and matched with Brian Robertson and Antonio Gibson at one point. Mm -hmm. um, both of those guys have a similar running style, but they have vastly, they have different skill set, um, particularly Antonio Gibson using him out of the backfield on screens and short passes. Um, that's the first thing. Second thing is um, – I really, really think that I and look, look. I was uh, an advocate of keeping um, Taylor Heineke in under mm -hmm. center, but I think as you continue to make your playoff push, it's become um, evidently clear that Heineke, while he has been provided a spark to this team, may not be the best long-term solution for this team if you want to go far. Um, there's there are some limitations, particularly. 
um, with him on the deep ball, yeah. um, throwing the deep ball, and then also um, whenever there are larger or taller defensive linemen and the blocking scheme isn't um, – when they're passing and the blocking scheme isn't set up for it to create gaps between the offensive linemen, it makes it very hard for him to see downfield and to see in an intermediate um, – intermediate or intermediate throws. So um, his lack of height and his lack of arm talent, for lack of a better word, um, are definitely going to be some things that I think fans and the organization are going to have to take into consideration going forward as they, um, particularly this season, these last couple of games, as they try to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm with you. I think there's a lot of limitations with Taylor Heineke. I mean, we've said it before. You know where I stand. I think everybody knows where I stand with Taylor Heineke. Um, you know, this game is evident. Like, there are a lot of big plays that were out left on the field. You know, the, I, one comes to mind, De'Ami Brown had to, had two corners, had the safety in the corner beat, but a better pass, that's a touchdown. Uh, even to play the Curtis Samuel down the sideline on that drill, on that drive, uh, the last drive of the game, he was wide open. There's nobody over the top. Taylor Heine, he didn't have the arm strength. He just floated over there. If he just throw it to him, if he throws it to him on stride, that's a touchdown. There's, no, there's nobody in front of uh, Curtis Samuel on that play. That's an easy score. So there's just a lot of limitations for him, especially on the deep ball. Um, I think we'll, we'll talk about it, but I think the next game is going to be telling about Taylor Heineke. Um, but in terms of what Will T is talking about, that I do, I agree with him. I think that I agree. I think that you you saw what you need to see against the Giants team because you're going to look at the stat line and you're going to say like, and I said this on the show, but his stat line wasn't bad and he had some decent throws. But again, again, it goes again it goes to the competition. The Giants didn't have anybody. Their secondary was was gone. Everybody was hurt. You're playing against second and third stringers and you only were able to score 12 points. So I, and, I, and if you heard Coach Rivera, he said that, you know, he thought about trying to take out, he thought about taking out Taylor Heineke. But that second half, they went, they scored off the break and he was like, okay, he's rolling. So I thought, okay, we're about to, you know, we're about to come back. We're about to do something. So, you know, it's in the mind, it's in his mind already. So it's in his mind that Taylor Heineke may not be the guy. So he's, He's basically, in my opinion, waiting for that moment where once once he struggles, he's going to be replaced. Shout out to you for not taking my bait earlier. But I, I want to ask I you. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. We got guests, man. Um, <laughs> uh, I got a question for you, though, honestly. And Will T, you as well. The the Washington, dang, I, I want to call them the football team. But the commanders, <laughs> they struggled on third down in this game. Is it solely, solely yet Taylor Heineke's issue that – the commanders cannot convert on third down? No, absolutely not. Um, I think part of it is game plan. Mm-hmm. Um, part of it is execution. The execution part goes to the team, the offensive unit. You know, mm-hmm. there are definitely some, uh, some, some uh, instances where you see uh, where the Giants ran a stunt. And I forgot the left guard's name. The the, the left guard's name. He, he oh, missed. Turn off. No, left is yeah. that no? It's Noel. I think that's Noel, right? The left is yeah. Noel. I think I have to chat. Turn on Noel. It's one of the guards. I don't. Yeah, know. it's turn on Noel. One of the, the one of the guards. They they failed to pick up on the um on the stunt and then allowed for Taylor Heineke for for the um defensive lineman to get right in Taylor Heineke's face and essentially obstruct his view. So mm-hmm. I think it's two things. Is Scheme is, is is play calling and execution. All right, so so we'll, we'll I mean I'll, I'll start with you, Ray. So you know in this game it was a good turnout. We talked about it before a little bit before um, sure. on the prior on the prior game. It was a good turnout for fans, for Washington Commander fans. 
So does this hurt the team's chances to get fans back into the stadium? Of course I'm going to say yes because with all the negative news surrounding this franchise constantly, even up until this game, you don't win a, a, a game against a rival that had playoff implications. However, to take a positive spin, again, to get serious tonight, at least the fans show that they still care enough to show up. So if you put a good product on the field and you begin to win and you're competitive, the fans will come out. That's what we were reminded of. No matter how bad people can talk about FedEx field, the fans showed up and they expected this team to win because we respect this defense. We respect what Coach Rivera has done over these last several weeks. And even Taylor Heineke, we, we talk about the spark he provides. The fans, they, they believe this team can compete with anybody. Minnesota. You lose by three. You should have won that game. You beat Philly. The only the only team in the league to beat Philly thus far. So uh, it's it's still a positive aspect behind the fact that your fans came out on Sunday. Oh, yeah. Hey, Will, what are your thoughts on that, man? No, I think we, we, we all know that no matter what goes on with this team or goes on surrounding this team, that the fans will turn out, um, especially if this team is playing meaningful football in late December, as they are. Um, now, barring terrible weather, or barring some type of um, horrendous accident at the at FedEx Field, um, this t- the fans of this team will continue to turn up uh, to turn out and support this team, just because. To be quite frank, they've been devoid of winning football for a long time. Facts, facts. Will T, did this loss to the Giants end the Commanders' playoff hopes? Uh no. I, I think you know. We've become – well, no, I feel indifferent about this, and here's why. There's been a formula that this team has to execute to win games. It is run the football very well, and the defensive line has to play out of its mind and get pressure on the opposing quarterback, right? We've continued to see this team continue to run well, but I have um, some skepticism about um, this team being able to – um, continue to play at that level defensively over the next um, two weeks and the seat over the next two weeks of the season. Um, so I, I want to say no, but if I'm being if I'm being honest about it, I think um, that the, the loss to the Giants, a team that is devoid of a lot of talent, um, but as well but as well coached, it's a very well coached um, team. I think that that's kind of the nail in the coffin for this team, um, for the for um, Washington Commanders' playoff hopes. All right, so hit the poll. We have a poll on the Urban Sports scene Twitter. Um, our Twitter account is in your. I, I put the, this question out for fans. In your opinion, did the loss to the Giants end the Commanders' playoff hopes? Sixty percent says yes. Forty percent say no. Uh, for me, I'm like it puts the nail in the coffin. <laughs> I just feel about you, I'm, and I'm, a, I'm just look. I know that there's the argument that is any given Sunday. Washington, the argument's been out there that they beat the Eagles, right? You can throw that argument, but when you look at it for face value, right? Let's just be totally honest with it. Let's just, just be real and like, like be a football fan and be like act, like act like you're an analyst. Like you have to protect, you have to predict the future. You're gonna lose to the, you're gonna lose to the Niners, right? You're gonna lose to the Niners because we already met. You just lost to the Giants. You just lost to the Giants, a team that. We just you just said like didn't have enough talent. Actually came into that game hurt, hobbling, missing players in the secondary. They had to play Landon Collins because they didn't have bodies. And you lost to that team twenty to twelve at home. 
you could be a good team, but when you're a void of talent and you're still able to hold a team to 12 points, even with the weapons, the so-called weapons that Washington has, that, say, that says a lot. Now you're going to San Fran, who stops the run. They're one of the elite defense. They're the best defense in the NFL. The best, the absolute best defense in the NFL, coached by Kyle Shanahan, who coaches up offense. You're not going to win that game. Then you're going to, or say, now you're in Cleveland. Or, I mean, you're going to no, Cleveland. you're at home. Yeah, home. I saw you're, you're home in home. Cleveland. Yeah, home, home against Cleveland, Cleveland right? If you, and if you're looking at a pattern, again, the, the Cleveland game isn't going to be easy because if, I know people may hate it. Deshaun Watson is getting better every week. So you're going against a quarterback who's starting to get better every week. So by the time you play Deshaun Watson, not to say he's going to be the guy that we've seen in yesteryears, but you're going to see him way more improved Deshaun Watson. A lot of people are like, he hasn't looked good. He's getting better. That defense has studs on that side of football. Again, more studs than you saw, more studs than you saw, more than you saw against the Giants. So I'm just saying, like, that's not going to be easy. Now you're banking on the Cowboys resting all their players, right? It, so say you get through the through Cleveland, now you're banking on the Cowboys resting all your players. That's the, that's the argument. That's what you're hoping for. So all I'm saying, like, if you're looking at it for what it is, like this road, this game, if you won the Giants game, you had a couple more games to play with. But you don't now. You don't have games to play with. So that's the thing. Like, if we're looking at it, looking at it for, forget the, 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 the idea that it's any given Sunday. We get, forget that. We're not looking at that, looking at that, looking at that vision, that, that viewpoint, and we're just looking at football and just judging of what your schedule, schedule is. No, to me, this is, and this, that Giants loss crippled the season. It's, it's no hope for real. But hey, any given Sunday, right? Go with that argument. <laughs> right? A shot of optimism. I'm just saying, like, we judge stuff on, like, what it is. Like, if you tell me what's the chances of this dude doing X, Y, Z, I'm going to give you the chances. So, for me, like, what's the chances of this team going to the postseason? It's real slim. Yeah. Unfortunately, the, the part that hurts is you you had the control. You yes. had the ability to control your destiny, and, and you fumbled the bag at home. Uh, but you got to move forward now. You got to have short – you got to have a, a, a short uh, memory, and – now you have a tall task ahead of you. But as you keep mentioning any given Sunday, it is a real thing. The Houston Texans prove that every week that you can be competitive. And that's all you ask this team to do is give themselves a shot. And with that being said, is there a legitimate chance that the Washington Commanders can win this game against the 49ers come Saturday? Legitimate chance. Uh, I don't think so. Will, what do you think? <laughs> nope, nope. I'm um, traveling from traveling all the way to the West Coast. Um, Brock Purdy looks like a guy. I'm just be honest with you. Brock Purdy looks like the second coming of Tom Brady. To be honest with I you, over these past that first couple of games, I ain't going that far. I think he's got Kyle. <laughs> no, I mean just the way he's he's calm, he's cool, he's playing within himself. He's not trying to. Mm. Um, play outside of the offense or he know he's playing to his strength he has a coach that's play, that's coaching to his strength mm-hmm. um so he's a, they have a strong run game great defense you got some playmakers on the outside or all levels of the offense um i no i i don't think washington can win this chance this game i, I don't think they have a chance i think kyle shanahan has stayed up many late nights um waiting for the opportunity for this, you know, had this game circled on his calendar and said, hey, I have the opportunity to close this team's playoff hopes after the way they treated me and my father. 
Um, so no, I don't think they. I don't think Washington has any chance. I always give teams a chance. I, I told I told Wole many times. This applies to any team in the league. I don't look at the schedule because you never know what can happen. Injuries can happen. Uh, momentum could change. You could see. You could see. Uh, Maybe some new play calling by Scott Turner, some new game planning. Not saying it's going to happen, but at this point, you have to you have to try any and everything to get a, a win that you desperately need, and at least you go down swinging. That's my thing. So I, of course I give him a chance. Do I? Did I pick them? I already made my picks. Shout out to Hakun Wong. I picked. You already pick already. The Forty Niners. You already made your picks already. Yeah, because the game's on tomorrow, so I gotta make sure I get my picks in on time. All right, it's against. That's what's up. <laughs> I try to get them in before Thursday because I I fell victim of not having my picks in and I, oh, I, I I'm behind a bit. Not that it matters that much. I was checked out like week eleven to be I honest. Like but at the same time, anyway, the point is I'm giving them a chance. Absolutely, we all should. That's your choice if you don't. However, do I do I think they're going to win? No, absolutely not. Because the Forty Nine ers defense is percolating, as, yeah. as my man Muhammad says <laughs> <laughs> on Twitter. Man, my my man Adam said in terms of the same question. I wouldn't say I'm very confident about that. I'm <laughs> confident about that. But the Commanders are the only team to to beat the Eagles. No one gave them a chance in, in that game. So it's definitely possible they beat the Niners. That game was uh, – come on, man. Uh, it's the officiating is what, is what won that game. Oh, going but, back to it. But, <laughs> but, but, but I got one more, I got one more tweet before we go to – because we, we got to uh, go to break soon. So one more, one more tweet. Uh, my man Cameron Camigo said um, – very confident. I don't know why very confident. But this is the first time Brock Purdy will face a face will face against a top ten defense. Okay. Loyalty, and if loyalty, Chase, loyalty. And, and if Chase Young or St. Juice comes back, I like our chances. <laughs> Lastly, key to the game is to is to get off to a good start and get after Brock Purdy early and often. Don't get behind. I agree. There goes that magical word. If if uh, hey, Will T, I had balls. Oh, here you go. I knew it was coming. Here you go. Here you go. Uh-oh. You, can, you can't say that in this day and age with all the yeah. pronouns going around anyway. Yeah, you get canceled or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I, I, should, I, I shouldn't say it, but if, I will. my non-binary uncle. <laughs> 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 Coach Prime and Jackson State in the Celebration Bowl. HBCU legends Kyle T. Mosley will join us to talk about the Celebration Bowl after the break. You listen to Urban Sports saying. Pages. Yeti. Deuces on Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. Straight out of ATL. Got young one. Chopping that thing, baby. Swiss beats.
when it's out. I make a give me money, then I'm kicking her out. I spit game to your wife, then we robbing your house. Not that day that we gripping this brain. If you got it and I want it, I ain't calling your name. Just lay it down, boy, like a biology. You get your chest in your lap. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole, Will T, and Ray Jeezy, and we are part of Ampire Media at AmpireMedia.com. Yes, sir. It's time for my favorite segment, HBCU Corner. Right now, we have a guy who's a friend of the show. He's no longer just a guest. He's a friend of the show. It's a blessing to have him. HBCU Legends Managing Editor and Chief Reporter Kyle T. Mosley's on the line. What's up and welcome back to the Urban Sports Scene. What's going on, Wale? What's going on, Ray? How y'all doing? We're good. Hey, we're excited. Our, our HBCU is making noise out here. If you, if you yeah. haven't seen it. You yet. and me, yes. Shock <laughs> the world. We be Temple. <laughs> we in there. <laughs> 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 you just gonna laugh at us, huh? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what did Morehouse do lately? That's why I had to ask my man. Me, now me, I'm just joking. I, I Miak, love all HBCUs. Miak Pride, man. Miak Pride. Miak, baby. And, and me, the Miak is showing up. That's that's for sure. Yeah, so uh, I have to applaud uh, the Miak for everything that you got. Can, can y'all hear me? Yeah, yes, yeah, sir. I can hear you now. Yeah, yeah we, we can hear you. Can hear you. Yep. All right. Okay. Cal, yeah, all right. And, Cal, and Cal, this is Will, too. We have oh, Will. So it's Will, too. I make sure, like, Will's our other co-host. How you doing, Will? I'm doing fine. How are you doing, Cal? Mm-hmm. Good, man. All right. In celebration of the – in the Celebration Bowl, North Carolina Central University defeated Jackson State University in overtime, 41 to 34. What are your thoughts on the game, Kyle? Oh, man, that's a loaded question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's, let's, all right, let me just give you a general overview. Mm-hmm. I, I had that feeling early that morning it was going to be another upset. Mm-hmm. I just had, just had that feeling. Um, I didn't get a chance to attend because I, as well as my son, came down with COVID, man. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was barely able to kind of stay awake <laughs> for the game. Mm-hmm. But I tell you this much, Trey Oliver mm-hmm. proved that he knows how to lead a winning program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, Jackson State made some mistakes. It made some uh, defensive uh, mistakes that I, that were uncharacteristic, but I kind of saw this when I was at the SWAC uh, championship when Jackson State was up, what, 26 
to zero, then all of a sudden they allow Southern to kind of do a rally to try to get back to the game. Defensively, they just weren't focused as I thought they were going to be focused. All right, now, that's not an excuse. Uh, Central won the game. Uh, but got to give their credit because offensively, defensively, as well as on special teams, they they played the better complete game than Jackson State. Hello. Yeah, we did there, Will. Will you got the next? You got the next one, Will? Yeah, hold on. No, I was I, I was breaking up. My bad. Uh uh-huh. Um, in terms of all time. In terms of all-time celebration bowls, where would you rank the cel- this celebration bowl? Man, this was an epic celebration bowl. You had two heavyweights uh-huh. going. I have to say this has to be, if not the top, I know that Gremlin, um I know the first one was pretty good, yeah. uh, but this has to be, in my opinion, from recent memory, uh, this would have to be the best one. Ooh, all time. Considering your knowledge and how, how how far you just go back with your memories of, um, well, I mean, it hasn't been that many celebration bowls. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking all time games. Yeah, it hasn't been that many, yeah. man. Right, 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 right. And they've had some good classic games, you know, uh, the anti. Um, Game against Alcorn's good, yeah. uh, as well as against uh, Grambling. Those were good games. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying uh, those weren't good games, but these were two uh, of the best. I had these guys number one, two for majority of the season. Oh, wow. Okay. And it, it came down to that these were the two uh, best teams, and they they proved it out on the field. So, so, um, Kyle. Would you say? Would you say that? Do, do you think the celebration bowl should open open up to other HBCU conferences rather than just the SWAC and the MIAC? Because I've heard, I've seen it on Twitter. A lot of folks are saying like, this can't be a real HBCU Super Bowl if you're not opening it up for all other other HBCU schools. That's um, for the higher to be man mm-hmm. uh, to really consider. Mm-hmm. I. I still believe right now, let's say Benedict. If Benedict went against as well as they went against Jackson State, would they be able to win that game? Mm, Good point. I don't know. I mean, uh, they had a great season. Uh Coach Barry is one of the top coaches now in HBCU uh, as well, but I don't know if they would win that game. I don't know if anyone from the CIAA would be able to stand toe-to-toe. Coach Hayes and his crew at Fayetteville, I don't know if they'd be able to win. That's that's the only concern I have. Did you you mention Eddie George in that? Because him being out in the Ohio Valley Conference, he doesn't have the opportunity to play in that game. I think that's what a lot of people, I guess, are alluding to is because, remember, when Coach Prime went head-to-head with Coach Eddie George, it was a really good game. It was one of old-school, <laughs> rugged football games, not a lot of scoring, uh, defensive football games. So I guess there are ways you could tweak it. The same way the FBS 
improve the college football playoff system? I think it was if it was a neutral track like we saw in Atlanta, uh-huh. Tennessee State wouldn't have a prayer. Mm, really? Yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. Sure that, I mean, he has been struggling though. Um. Up. Well, I, I mean, I'm just throwing it out there because he's. A and, big... and if you remember in that Jackson State game, Jackson State lost the football like two or three times inside. <coughs> you know, very uncharacteristic uh, offensive uh, plays. One guy I remember fumbled the ball into the end zone. Should do it through an interception in the end zone. You know, so <clears throat> I, I I don't think. If it was Jackson or Central, that Texas, me, uh, not to Texas Southern, I'm going with the TS, uh, Tennessee State mm-hmm. will be able to win. No, I don't believe so. So when you joined us last time, two things you said stood out to me. Well, more than two things, but two things I want to mention now. One is you said we would have a lot of fun, which we've had. Wole, you can speak to that. We've had a lot of fun just out here in this business covering all sports, including HBCUs. But also you talked about how we would develop relationships. And one of those relationships we've developed is with MEAC Commissioner Sonya Stills. Awesome person. When she came on with us, she didn't mention Coach Prime by name, but she referenced the comment about the MEAC folding up like a tent. And I, I've been putting out there on Twitter. I've been mad at Coach Prime since then. I'm be honest. <laughs> Even though I'm a fan of his uh, his playing days, and I love what he did. But <laughs> the reason why I said that is because I just feel like this win by Central is gratifying for her. Because let's just say the Miak did fold up, and you form a super conference as Coach Prime suggested. Then he bails and goes to Colorado. Then where does that leave the HBCU super conference? What's your thoughts on that? And just what what are your thoughts about just the the Miak feeling? Uh, sort of validated with another victory over the SWAC. <laughs> Funny you said that. So, uh, was it the Friday, Saturday before the Celebration Bowl uh, the following week, uh, I interviewed Commissioner Steele. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that was one of the best interviews I had in a long time. Mm. She was very funny, entertaining, as well as uh, insightful, right? And she said uh, when she's in Vegas and she's with Coach Oliver as well as um, Richard and uh, the defensive player of the year, told them, I gave them their marching order to go in and then they need they know what they need to do. <laughs> <laughs> they know what they need to do, right? And uh, she also kind of say, we don't need to show both. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> We're in, in, in me, I don't need to show both. So uh, she was uh, sending a message back then with me as well, man. Mm. Um, let's, be, let's be real. When you get down to the end of the season, you have to have a balanced running, passing attack. MEAC showed up. Also, one thing MEAC has proven is that they have better interior play than the SWAT. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm talking recently. Yes. And if guys want to go back, oh, way back when, you know, and grandma. No, I'm talking about recently. <laughs> <laughs> um, those guys have to play that type of control type of football, right? Because of the elements that exist on the East Coast. Uh, um, so, therefore, 
they they're not as a, a finesse team as much as they are a power team, and you saw how South Carolina State last season took control of Jackson interior and put pressure on that uh, offensive line. This year, they when it was Jackson's offense against Central's defense. Jackson's offensive uh, threat with Wilkerson couldn't get going, right? Um, so, therefore, I don't understand why Barcelona kept on trying to run the ball mm. when it was proven over and over again they weren't that, that was the impenetrable force <laughs> right there. Um, now, the central defensive line didn't do a heck of a lot to get to Sanders, but they did enough off the edges to blitz him to, to be able to harass him a little bit, right? It wasn't a great amount, but uh, especially if you look at that last play, uh, how number 23 got to him and uh, kind of affected uh, what he was going to do in the end zone uh, when he couldn't get the ball to uh, Hunter as well as um, was it Coleman. So, anyway, uh, story short, and all I'm saying is this. <clears throat> Deion Sanders knew at the beginning of the season, even last season, that he had to work on his offense and defensive line. And you saw them make a number of changes. My question was, inside of that game, where was Niles Gaddy the mm. whole game? He, mm-hmm. I don't even think he played in the game. Um, offensively, they didn't have uh, play Willie Gaines in there as well. So I just don't, I don't know what happened internally with uh, Jack. I think sometimes there's so many distractions going on you didn't know what was happening if he was in Colorado one day, if he was back in Jackson, or what was happening. Uh, and we're talking about young men who are 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 years old. You can tell me that this did not have an effect on how they were preparing for that game. Okay? Now, on the flip side, you have a central team that was tired of that they were oh and this uh, well and oh and this and this and you know and the the bravado and the uh, swagger was becoming an issue for them. It became an issue for Coach Oliver. You could tell in his uh, press conferences afterwards that you know he just didn't care for it. You know, um, and likewise, if you listen to uh, Coach. Last year, he he didn't care for it. So, and you got to give kudos to him because he's the only coach in this whole calendar year, even from last Celebration Bowl, to defeat Jackson as well as defeat Central. Think about that. Coach Pew is amazing, man. (laughs) Think about that. He's amazing. Can't be A and T though. So can <laughs> be A and T, but A and T now going on a different direction. Mm-hmm. Don't know uh, who they're going to choose. Is it going to be Cornell Manor, uh, the mm-hmm. old 
their old alma mater, uh, you know, to be alone to get him in? Or could it be Trevor? Could he be uh, a part of that mix? You know, he has some ties to NT and, um, you know, through Broadway and everything. So, I mean, it's a um, it's an interesting time in HBCU football because people think Deion Sanders left and you're not going to get the excitement any longer. I say it's on contrary because now he's laid out a blueprint how these guys can, uh, I'm mm-hmm. talking about the coaches, how they could be able to utilize social media for their recruiting efforts, for promoting their programs, for just getting the interest up for games and things of that nature. So you see how well FAMU today has done. You mm-hmm. see surprisingly how well Texas Southern down here in Houston has done today. They landed eight guys that were a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Prayer View has done a very good job. Then you look at Jackson State. Uh, in TC Taylor has pretty nice uh, crop of guys, and some guys decided to pull their name from the transfer portal. So, yeah, I think next season is going to be interesting because mm-hmm. it's wide open. You don't have that air of dominance that's uh, lingering over, but you can have more of a uh, parity that's going to be uh, with some of these guys uh, on the top. Will? Kyle, I, I, we're going to get you out of here. Before we let you go, I have one more question for you. What do you make of the perceived, I guess, overexcitement of uh, in North Carolina Central knocking off of knocking off Jackson State, particularly some of the reaction of fans um, with, um, with their, I guess, their perceived joy with sending Coach Prime to Colorado with an L in his last <laughs> game in the, uh, um, in the SWAT. Well, if you're going to dish, you got to take it. Mm. Okay. <laughs> um I watched a video produced by Son Sanders Jr., right? Mm -hmm. And Dion was on the bus leaving the hotel by himself, and it was just he and uh, Junior. And he was talking and said, hey, you know, when we go up into the stadium later today and we – I don't know if he said whoop up on them or destroy them or something like that, you know? Mm. I mean, that's, that's really a projection that mm-hmm. thought we were going to dominate these guys. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to say those type of things, you know, I'm from, you know, New Orleans, so you, you won't be about it. <laughs> <laughs> Look how, how you going to be about it. Master P, let's go. <laughs> let's go, P, let's go. <laughs> right. If you going to push up on me, yeah. you got to be – I had this with my son this, this past weekend. Mm. If you push up on a man, you got to be willing to go all the way and beat through that guy or you going to accept the beat down, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We ain't talking about guns and knives and all this stuff. We're talking about blow for blow. Yeah. Therefore, Will, when 
the fans are some fans are just being disrespectful, yeah, right? But the air that uh, was projected and had respectful too, uh, because if you just talk about a season where you're just going to cruise through everybody, and when you get to the end, you don't and you don't finish like you said you can finish because this is the mission to finish. Therefore, yeah, you gotta take you gotta take your lumps. All right, we're going to get you out of here on this question. Well, it's a two-parter because you made it well-known out of all the many interviews you've done, Coach Prime was your favorite. I want to know, is that still the case, considering the events that have unfolded? And also, just how can you sum up his legacy, considering he never won the Celebration Bowl? Okay, Coach Prime was a favorite interview. He was a very entertaining coach. He gave us a lot of... Uh, Hit news to report, right? Uh, he also gave me one one interview, and I appreciate that to this day because he didn't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, for the HBCU media guys, it it basically means that you got to go to work and be able to find the. The angles mm-hmm. cover football the way it needs to be covered because you may not have the sound bites this season like you had before. Mm-hmm. You might get it from, uh, let's say, Coach Oliver because, you know, he, he's good for those one. <laughs> you know? Got him. Um, Love him. Eddie Roberts Jr., mm-hmm. he, he can give too, right? So you're not going to have that big personality, the supernova that's out there uh, uh, that's causing everybody to look at me. You may have just little buttons here and you got to look at everything. That's what's going to make it more interesting and challenging, in my opinion, because there's not going to be everybody focusing just on that one person. Right? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, well, so every Monday, we knew, well, Coach Brian, the last one, you can see got on the uh, call for hours until it was time for him to come. So you're not going to have that anymore. Mm. All right. What's the second part? Uh, legacy. All right. <laughs> um, hey, man, I don't care. I, I think it is a, a – um, a hollow ending. Mm, I, I agree. <laughs> with me, I agree. See, I, that's, that's what I wanted to hear. If you're talk about, right, if you're going to talk about I'm going to dominate, yeah. we're going to dominate. You lost both celebration bowls. And huh? you can't finish. And I'm coming back to finish. Think about this. Even to coach into the celebration bowl was unheard of. Yeah. When you decide to leave a program, both administrators shut that down from the beginning. All right, well, you're leaving, you go. Uh-huh. And let me just paint this picture to uh, you guys, Will, uh, Wale, and um, Ray, right? Uh-huh. So if you're a woman, you, you're sharing a house, 
you if you're married or are you sharing a, a, a house or apartment or whatever, right? Uh-huh. If she comes to you and say, hey, I'm even night. Okay, and Christmas is in a couple weeks, so I'll be back Christmas. <laughs> oh, I say, okay. <laughs> okay, I'll be in. No, what you're going to do is say, you got to go. <laughs> Take your bag, that, that, and, and bye-bye, right? <laughs> It don't because, matter who you are, Pam Greer, yeah. uh, Ashanti, Beyonce, uh, AJ Johnson for your Morehouse reference. <laughs> you you got to go. Have to pray. Hell yeah, I don't have to say, okay, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Come on back there, baby. No, no. <laughs> you pretty much going to be done with Hallie, too, right? Yeah, let's, hey. let's be honest about yeah, this, guys. Yeah. So, this is what Coach Prime did to Jackson State, and nobody else wants to recognize this. He really pretty much punked Jackson State. Mm. Mm. Okay. All right. Tell me, tell me if I'm wrong. Uh-huh. Correct me, guys, if I'm wrong. All right. So, so I get on the plane uh-huh. because I was at that SWAG championship. Uh-huh. He didn't come in. To, he said mm-hmm. he came into the back of the room uh, while Coach Dooley was being interviewed, and he left out. So he didn't really address the black media that came from all across the country to cover him and the game. All right. I was kind of like, that's kind of, um, I, I didn't understand that. Then he said, well, I had to go back and, and, and talk to my kids, right? I'm looking at, when I walked outside the door, there's still a couple of uh, the players meandering in, around that for you. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay, so, so all right. Let, next thing, man. So you get on, you have the meeting, you get on a jet, mm. and you fly thousands of miles to Boulder, Colorado. You have a big press conference the day, the next day. Mm. You're happy. You're talking to other people. You're cheesing it up. That that that. You even introduce your son as the next quarterback. Mm. So if your wife or whomever leaves your house, <laughs> and say, say, I'm gone. No, don't even tell you they're gone. Don't even tell you they're gone. The next thing you see on social media, she posted up in uh, Cancun with, with, with her new lover. Yeah, new dude. How are you going to feel about that? Oh, he hurt. They hurt. How you gonna feel about that, right? <laughs> they hurt, hurt, and hurt, hurt. <laughs> That's terrible. So you gonna tell me those young men when they saw Shador, their teammate, put on Colorado gear the, those next days when they were going through Colorado? You don't think that? Kind of psychologically affected them. Uh, absolutely, absolutely, and, that, and that's what Shell, Shell, that's what Shannon Sharp failed to ask as part of his interview. The HBCU streets are mad at him, by the way. He he failed to talk about the timing of all this and how it went down. But it is what it is. We got we got we got to roll. But yeah, ah, yeah, so much, so much. Hey, Bacal, thanks for being on. Before we let you go, please let our listeners know how they can 
find you on social media and check out your HBC and, and check out HBCU Legends as well. All right. First way to check out HBCU Legends, just type in HBCU.media mm -hmm. in your um, Google bar, mm -hmm. and you can be able to find everything about HBCU Legends on Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. Mm -hmm. And you can check me out at KPMOZE on, on Twitter, and you can check us out at HBCU Legends on, on there as well. And don't forget, go get your tickets through the HBCU Legacy Bowl mm -hmm. in uh, it's going to be February 25th. I am a part of the planning committee for oh, that. So nice. be a part of that. It's going to be a good affair. Okay? And Trey Oliver is going to be one of the coaches. Ooh. Ooh, that's nice. Awesome. That's awesome. Hey, Kyle, thanks for being on. We, gonna, we have to get you back on. We got to talk about some more stuff. We got a lot we can talk about. All right. All right. Have a good one. Have Take a good care. One. Thank you. All right. Thank Take you, care, Kyle. Bye. Thank you so much. All right. Thank All you, right. Kyle. All right. Here we go. All right. We're going to talk about the NBA, uh, the NBA, NBA uh, Christmas games with Just Blaze from the Above the Rim podcast. After the break, you're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. The ages. You dig? Deuces or at Fire Media. That's at FireMedia.com. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole, Ray Jeezy, and Ray Jeezy, excuse me, and we are part of Amplifier Media at AmplifierMedia.com. All right, man, I'm Boost. I got my guy. This is my dude. Right now, we have host of the Above the Rim podcast, Just Blaze on the line. What's up, my man? My boy, what's going on, Wole? How you doing, my brother? I'm good, man. You know, it's about that time. That's the, the best time of basketball, bro. Like, this is it. You already know what time it is. <laughs> yes, man. Hey, you know. damn sure is. Bro. They always got the best games today, man. Yeah, That's when the season starts to get sticky. I, I know, right? You know it. All right, so let's get right into it, man. All right, so on Christmas, we got the Lakers versus the Mavs. We got the Sixers versus the Knicks. We got the Bucks versus the Celtics. We got the Grizzlies versus the Warriors. And we got your Suns versus the Nuggets. All right, which yeah, game man. are you most excited to see and why? Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm most excited to see that Grizzlies and Warriors yeah, game. Yeah. That's that's that. That's the game on my mind right there. Even though it's it's a little bit damper now because Steph Curry's not gonna be there, and then most likely uh, Desmond Bain is not gonna be there too. So um, I think that dampens it a little bit. But I think the spice is. I think the spice is still there though because I think the. I mean, uh, I think the Grizzlies are coming in there to make a to make a statement no matter who's on the floor for the for the Warriors. I think I think the Grizzlies are one team that really. Wants that villain role, yeah, so do. that's why I think they do. Man. That's why I think they are. I think they're ready to rock and roll on Christmas, man. Hey, well, real quick though, real quick, you said like is Steph definitely not playing? Steph not playing on Christmas? Nah, he's not playing. Oh, nah. it's a waste of time. You're right now. <laughs> 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 it's a waste of time. There's nothing without that's Steph. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Nothing without Steph. I ain't care if it's yeah. in Golden State. They ain't nothing without Steph. I'm sorry. Nothing. <laughs> nothing. Draymond. Draymond give them two points with nothing with it. That's what. That's, that's going to happen. Two points with nothing yeah, in it. Two points and a lot of noise with them two points. A noisy two points. <laughs> you know, hey, go ahead, Ray. You got it. All right, Just, this is Ray. What just want to know, what's your least favorite game out of the, out of the, the, the feature games on Christmas Day? Um, what's going on, Chief? Um, but my, my least, least 
I gotta say, Lakers and Mavs for me. I know Wole might be tight about this. But <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna yeah, lie. I, I think, you're right though. You're right. I ain't gonna hold you. You're right. <laughs> yeah, because because yo, think about it. What there's no spice to this game. None why whatsoever. The, why the Mavs? Why? Why? Why are they playing each other? <laughs> I have I have no idea. And then to make it worse, the shit is in Dallas. <laughs> so. I'm like, you couldn't even put that in LA. LA that's what I'm saying. Why? Is, that's the thing. Why is it in LA? Why is it in Dallas? Like, I'm trying to figure that out. I've been trying to figure that out. Like, is it because they just wanted to be the first game of Christmas Day? Like, but, uh, and it, Dallas. It, it makes it, it makes no it's sense. It's not even the first. It's the second. It's, it's the second, second right? Game. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and then it's it's like why? Like why though? Honestly, why are you putting the Lakers? <laughs> There's no rivalry, no bad blood. You're seen it for a LeBron James game. I understand that, but you could have put him up against. A lot of different teams. The Clippers would have been, a little bit the more Clippers been the better, the better play. At least yeah, would have been better. Order, order, Suns. Put yeah, Lakers yeah. and Suns on. I don't feel like, I don't, I don't feel like having to ask what the, the, the Mavs and Suns is always a good game. I think that's a better game. All, than uh, um, you can throw the you can throw the Pelicans in there because they hate the Suns. There's so many teams you could have exactly. put in. There. I think the Suns and Nuggets are a bad a, a bad <laughs> match. Like that makes no sense on on Christmas Day. Like the Suns could be playing wow. the Mavs. Oh, I think yeah. the Suns should be playing oh, the Mavs. No doubt. Or or the Pelicans. Yeah, the, yeah, right, yeah. So I just think it's, it's wild. Pat, Pat Bev gonna push somebody. <laughs> <laughs> but look, but look at these games though. The whole lineup of the Christmas Day is kind of weak. If we're being honest, yeah, it like, is. No, it like is. real, no real rivalry for any other teams. Really, Bucks and Celtics—they're not really yeah, a no rivalry. Brooklyn, they're just no good Brooklyn. teams. No Brooklyn either. No, no Brooklyn. I would no did Brooklyn, New York. I would did the Brooklyn have, versus the Knicks. That's what I would have exactly. did. Exactly. Or even Brooklyn versus the Lakers. You could yes, do that. Yes, KD. <laughs> Something. Yeah. You do that. Yo, I, I don't understand. The NBA, they, they messed up this Christmas. I ain't going to lie. They messed up, bro. They did. They, they did. So, all right. So, just out of these games, then, which player will benefit the most of getting that Christmas Day exposure? Um, I think for me personally, I think it's going to be John Morant. I think yeah, John Morant, I think he's going to get the most because, number one, he's going to have a highlight reel. And number two, number two, there's going to be a lot more eyes. So, you know, it's going to be easier for them to digest on Christmas Day if you're seeing highlights. And I think they're the only team on this list that really is going in to make a statement. I think every other team just doesn't care. It's just a regular game. But for the Grizzlies, I think that's the only team that actually cares about this Christmas Day game. So I think Jaws probably going to benefit the most. Oh, like Will, I ain't going to ask you, though. Will, what's your favorite, uh, what's, what's your favorite game on, on, this, on this docket? Oh, you know I'm a Knicks fan, so it's going to be Knicks <laughs> versus the Sixers. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, look, think about it. I mean, think about it. The Knicks, they, they won eight in a row, mm-hmm. right? They, they all, they hot, they man. Tied, they yep, yeah. they're tied, tied for the fifth seed in the East with the Sixers. So this yep. is a game that actually has some, although it's slight, it has some meaning to it. Yep. Right? This, this should be a game that should be highly contested between both teams. So it should be a game that uh, both yeah. teams should be um, ramped up for and want to really win. Yep. Yeah, so I'm I looking do. forward to that game. Yeah, I would. I would say too. Also, and we talking about players to watch. You know, that's you know that's going to be blessed by this exposure. I think Jalen. I mean, Jalen Brunson with this opportunity, man. I think this is for the for the whole in terms of nas- the national media or national basketball, like fans out there outside of New York to see how how much of a dog this dude is. You know what I'm saying? Like they saw him as a backup with Dallas, but. It's an opportunity to have him on the on the. I know it's in, he plays in the garden, so he always he's already playing it. You know, with the brightest lights. But on Christmas Day, for everybody to see, I think to see Jalen Brunson how he goes ham and clutch 
um, how he's just been such a leader for that basketball team. I think him mm-hmm. having this opportunity on Christmas Day is going to open a lot of eyes, and t- maybe to a point where you know he could be in, in the you know talk for making the All Star team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I I agree definitely. Yeah, I definitely think he's going to have a good game, and I I think he's a catalyst for the Knicks right yeah, now. He so is, man. He he's is. a he's their most important player for the Knicks. Unfortunate, unfortunately, because it should be RJ Barrett in my opinion. Yeah, he just hasn't. He hasn't. Um, he just hasn't come all around. I don't know yeah, what's wrong with him. He's man. not ready. He's, he's not ready. He's not ready. Nah. Nah, so um yeah. It's cool though, man. I think the Knicks have something they have something going, man. For me, I mean obviously I mean my favorite game is, is the Grizzlies versus it was gonna be if Steph was playing, but now I don't even know anymore. I ain't gonna lie to you. Like yeah. I thought Steph was no buzz. It's not it's no not buzz. it's not and no 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 Kevin Durant on Christmas is ridiculous. Yeah it's a race like, they having, gotta be fine. They got to man. They got to and and now they they looking stupid because now you know the the Nets are looking legit, like they're looking yeah. dumb now. Well, good. I think say? there's a legitimate reason why they weren't playing for um for Christmas because if you think about in the summer, none of us mm-hmm. knew if Kevin Durant or Kyrie were yeah. going to be there. Yeah, true. So true. you don't want to schedule that team with no superstar. True. true. On the Christ, on Christmas on Christmas Day. Because that would have been a terrible game. That's that'd have been one of those games where people just say, "All right, well, I guess this is when I'm taking my nap." <laughs> that's, that's true. That's true. Very Indeed. True. But to be honest, the the Knicks. To be honest, though, the Knicks could have easily been cellar dwellers at this point too. They yeah. could have easily been at 11 place, so they true. didn't know they were going to be good. This is true. The Knicks are always playing. The Knicks are always playing on Christmas when they're garbage. Trust me, I'm in New York. I'm in New York. They always on on Christmas and they always garbage. So I mean, they could have, they could have uh, uh, sacrificed it and just still chose the Nets anyway, man. For real. Hey man. Yep. Hey homie man. Hey. hey man, homie. Thanks for being on, man. You know I appreciate you. But before I let you go, tell our listeners about your next pod and where they can find it, and also how can they catch you on social media, my man. Yes, my brother. I appreciate you two fellas for inviting me on, man. It's always love when you guys bring me on, man. I appreciate it. Oh, and um, anytime, man. I got an episode dropping tomorrow. Oh. I'm uploading this, sh- uploading this shit right now. So go look out for that <laughs> tomorrow. Um, I'll be out in the morning. You can mm-hmm. find me on Twitter at justblaze underscore five one three. IG is the same shit at justblaze underscore five one three. And just hit me up all on there and. Well, you coming back on the episode soon, my brother. All we right, got to talk some Lakers. Oh, man, Wizards, why you going to do that see? to me? Why you want to talk to me Lakers, man? We can talk Wizards. Come on, we got to. <laughs> I got I to get on your case, All right, man, I got to get on hey, your case, Hey, we can do it, man. Bro. I've actually become a, a Russ fan, you know what I'm saying? So we can do it. <laughs> like, I see I see you on your Commanders talk all day. I see you, brother. I see you. <laughs> hey, man, anytime, man. You know, you know, anytime you need me, I'm on. All right, brother. Ray, all take right. it easy, man. Take it easy, fellas. All right, fam. Appreciate you. Appreciate it, man. man. Appreciate all you. Right. Take it easy. All right, all right later. All right, later, man. Hey, that's my homie, uh, Just Blaze, man. You can follow Just Blaze on Twitter. That's um, at just, J-U-S, Blaze underscore 513. That's at just, Blaze underscore 513. All right, it's time to wrap this show up. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the urban sports scene. Uh, also, follow us on Twitter, at Urban Sports Scene, IG at Urban Sports Scene, and like our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Make sure you subscribe to the Urban Sports Scene YouTube channel as well, and check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, that which is Amp Media. Excuse me, at amppiremedia.com. 
And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Amplifier shows as well as other great content. And hey, this has been a dope show. I appreciate uh, Just Just Blaze for being on. I appreciate Kyle Mosley for being on, man. We had great guests. Always appreciate the fellas, Will T and Ray Jeezy. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. Is Will T still there? <laughs> <laughs> no for ages? Oh, we'll take no for ages. Oh, I'll do it. Anyway, you are listening to the Urban Sports Save for ages. Yiddick, deuces, A-Mega. Lead us out, big homie. <laughs>